0: Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode. If you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website, binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre launch checklist, your 34 page business plan template, your plug and play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time, right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and -and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Good morning, Playmakers. I hope you had an amazing weekend. It's me, your host, Michelle Caruana, and I was just thinking about this as I sat down to record. The last couple episodes that I published on this feed, they were kind of fun, right? And if you're not caught up, if you missed the last couple episodes, no worries. Maybe over the holiday week, you'll have a little extra time to pop those earbuds in or if you're anything like me, throw on noise-canceling headphones and Listen while you catch up on dishes or laundry or maybe just sit in a quiet, dark room, which is probably what I'm going to be doing after I host my in-laws for Thanksgiving. So again, I hope you get some time to yourself to catch up on whatever you need to do this week because I know this time of year can be so crazy, especially for so many of us that are wearing a million different hats, right? We're business owners. Many of us are spouses and parents. We're caregivers. We have so much going on and I do not want to throw one more thing on your plate. So while I do absolutely love doing those fun, lighthearted episodes, I do have some topics on my list here that we just have to talk about and get through before the end of the year, okay? And this is going to be one of those kinds of episodes. So we got to get down to business today. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, because today we are talking about conducting year-end employee reviews. Now, I'm going to give you some tips based on what worked best for me, but I want to emphasize again here like I do so often on this podcast. Please feel free to take from this episode whatever feels good and right for your business and simply leave what doesn't feel aligned. The key takeaway that I want you to get from this episode is that Even if you're feeling busy and overwhelmed, which I'm sure you are, as I just mentioned, you've still got to show up and take care of your team. And even if it feels like you're in constant communication with them and you're in and out of your space all the time, I'm telling you, spending one-on-one FaceTime with each employee individually, again, stress on individually is going to shed more light on what's happening inside of your business and team than you can even wrap your head around. In addition to unveiling more insight into how the day-to-day is going from their perspective, these reviews provide an opportunity to assess and acknowledge employee performance, highlighting strengths, and also areas for improvement. By doing so, we as business owners can ensure that our team members are aligned with us in terms of values, mission, goals, and vision. Year-end reviews also promote open communication and feedback, which creates a working environment where employees feel heard and valued, which can go a long way when it comes to employee retention, which we all know is absolutely crucial right now. These reviews allow for goal setting and professional development discussions, helping employees grow within our companies. And even if you don't have a manager yet or ways to advance your team members in that traditional way, I still have some great ideas for you to get your employees excited about sticking with you throughout the new year. So hang tight. So for all of these reasons, as well as some I'm probably forgetting, this is something that you want to prioritize and really make time for before the end of the year or maybe right after the new year and things calm down a bit. And that's why I'm publishing this episode now so you can make time on your calendar and coordinate with your team schedules wherever it feels right to fit this in for your business. All right, let's get into my tips for conducting year-end employee reviews. And I got 20 tips. So again, grab that glass of wine, grab that cup of coffee and buckle in. Here we go. All right, number one, prepare in advance. So gather all relevant information about each employee, including performance data, attendance records, and any notes from previous reviews. Coming prepared to the meeting will show that you care about having a thorough discussion and that you're truly invested in making sure everything's on the table, literally because you're probably going to have papers spread across the table, but also metaphorically. Preparing in advance also means arranging childcare. Even if that looks like having a friend or neighbor or other employee, come supervise your kiddos in the play area if you have young kids. Allowing your attention to be focused solely on the review will further prove to your team members that you are engaged and that you care about really deeply listening to and understanding what they have to say. And this is a mistake that I have absolutely been so guilty of making in the past. I honestly cringe when I think about this and it's embarrassing to admit, but it's something that I can admit because I'm, you know, years down the line. but there have been many times when either I set up a review meeting or an employee meeting or an employee requested one and I showed up, you know, 10 minutes late flying through the door with probably Cheerios in my hair and a baby breastfeeding and, I was all frazzled, and I had a million things that were on my mind, and I just wasn't coming to the table, again, physically and metaphorically, with the right mindset to really listen. So show your employees that you're prioritizing them. So arrange childcare, Make sure you arrive on time or even early, again, to make sure that you can have a few minutes to focus, to set the agenda, and make sure you have an open mind and heart to receive whatever they have to say. All right, number two, set clear objectives. So you always want to define the purpose of the review and what you hope to achieve. This might include discussing performance, setting goals for the upcoming year, and maybe addressing any concerns or areas for improvement. And I like to set these objectives and make them crystal clear prior to the actual meeting. Sometimes when a team member sees a request to schedule a review, they get super nervous and assume that something's wrong and it can kind of eat at them in the days and weeks leading up to the meeting. And as an anxious girly, I can completely relate to that. So if you're clear that, hey, these reviews serve a clear purpose and they will be done for every single employee, it can put your team members' minds at ease a bit and Allow them to prepare for the meeting, again, with a clear head, which is important for both sides of the conversation. All right, number three, schedule adequate time. So make sure you allocate enough time for each review, typically around 45 minutes to one hour per part-time employee, to ensure a thorough discussion. For a manager, I usually allow at least 90 minutes for a personal review, and then I schedule another slot of time for a review of the business goals. And in my opinion, it's important to keep these discussions clear and distinct, and I even preferred most times to have these on different days or maybe in between a lunch break so the conversations didn't bleed together. All right, number four, choose a comfortable setting. So, conduct the interview in a private and comfortable space where both you and the employee can openly communicate without distractions. This might mean meeting in a back office, off of the selling floor, away from customers, and out of earshot of other employees. If you have a small space, you may even want to meet at a local restaurant or cafe to keep the ground neutral and your conversation more private. I once was speaking to an indoor playground owner and she mentioned that she was conducting her employee interviews inside of her home. And you know, her intention was really pure. She wanted it to be quiet. There was no kids around, her spouse wasn't around, and she thought it was a lot better than having the meeting at the cafe because again, it's loud and full of distractions. But in my opinion, having a meeting in your own home doesn't really constitute neutral ground. You're always going to have kind of that authority. And yes, as the owner, as the boss, you should have that authority over your team members. But this is a place where you wanna have equal footing and you want your employee to feel open to communicating whatever is on their heart and mind. And in my opinion, that means having it at a neutral location. All right, number five, use a structured approach. So create a consistent review format to ensure fairness and objectivity. This might include using a standard evaluation form that you use for every employee. And yes, you might have a different one for your manager as opposed to your regular team members, but you get what I'm saying here. Now, I have my preferred template that I offer Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society members, but you can also easily create your own. The key is to use a consistent format so that you can measure progress over time and easily compare team members while ensuring fairness. Now, you definitely don't want to compare team members in front of them, but maybe after you conduct all of the reviews, you might want to go ahead and say, okay, you know, what is my overall picture of my team? Who is, you know, maybe struggling a bit more? Do I need to spread around responsibilities a little bit more? So having a consistent review format that you use for all of your employees can make the process a lot more productive and allow you to make better, more informed, data-driven decisions after the review process, right? If we're going to be spending all this time conducting year-end reviews, we want them to be productive and we want to be able to use that information to make better decisions in our business. So in my opinion, consistency in the review process is the key to that. All right, tip number six, start with positives. Positives. So I prefer to begin the review with positive feedback and acknowledge the employee's strengths and achievements over the year. So highlight specific examples of their contributions. Don't just say, oh, you know, it was a great year. You seemed really happy. Remember that one Christmas event you did? Get as specific as possible. Let them know you're paying attention and you're not just noting when they show up late or marking down every single time they call off. Make sure they know that, hey, she's recognizing or he's recognizing the good things that I contribute to the business too. And those are just as important, if not more important. And again, I like to come prepared with these specific examples to show that I took the time to really get the full picture of both the tangible and intangible effect that employee has made on the business during the year. So this might include customer feedback, or reviews that you've gotten that have mentioned that employee by name, either directly or indirectly. It could include times where they had to step up if somebody called in sick, or a new idea that they brought to the table that made X number of dollars. And if you can, keep track of these items year-round. So this review process is easier when the time comes around, and you don't need to dig and carry too much of that burden yourself all at once, because again, this time of year is really crazy. All right, tip number seven, address areas for improvement. So discuss any areas where the employee can improve and provide constructive feedback. So be specific and offer actionable suggestions for growth. And I like to have employees come to their review having graded themselves in various categories like customer service, punctuality, and more. Again, you can easily make grading sheets yourself using something like Canva. And to prevent employees from simply giving themselves fives in all areas, assuming the grading scale is, let's say, 1 to 5 with 5 being the best, I actually prefer to have my employees instead order these categories from best to worst. So, for example, let's say the categories are customer service, reliability, creativity, teamwork, communication, adaptability, initiative, technical ability, work ethic, and conflict resolution. I'm just looking at the template that I give. The employees would make a list of these traits in order from the one they think they performed the best in that year to the one they think they need the most improvement on. And you can create your own ranking for that employee to compare if you want. Again, this isn't required, but I love having employees rank themselves in this way. And I love doing it this way because, number one, it encourages the team member to Ask for additional help and support in certain areas, even if they're feeling a little bit shy, right? They have to rank some in the lowest categories. And then number two, it helps you identify trends or training gaps if it seems like all your employees are lacking in similar areas. So for example, if every single employee ranks technical ability at the bottom, hey, maybe you need to look at your systems. Maybe you need to look at your your uh, standard operating procedures, right? Maybe they need a little refresh on how to book a birthday party or how to put a cafe order in, right? This can absolutely help you identify trends. And then number three, this process allows you to switch up roles need be if you notice that someone is really excelling in or struggling with a portion of their job responsibilities. And then finally, number four, this process highlights any disconnect between how the employee views their strengths and weaknesses versus how we as owners see them. So this can shed light on any miscommunications regarding expectations that may be happening. So for example, let's say you rank this team member's reliability towards the bottom and they rank reliability towards the top. This can open up an avenue for conversation and say, you can say, you know, oh, I saw that you ranked reliability at the top. However, I ranked it at the bottom, and this is why. And that's where the documentation and preparedness comes into play, right? You can say, hey, this is our employee policy, and it shows that on this day, this day, this day, and this day, you were either late or you called in just to let you know our expectation as a company is X, Y, Z. And if your expectations are not in line, again, this is a great opportunity to realign yourselves. So maybe that employee thought that they were doing a great job. Maybe they forgot what the company policy is, or maybe they just didn't have it all listed out like that, right? It kind of adds up over time, and sometimes we're a little bit blind to that. So I love this process because it gives us an opportunity to have these conversations and identify these disconnects in expectations. All right, tip number eight, set SMART goals. So I'm gonna have a guest expert, Tiffany, come on the podcast and talk about SMART goals for ourselves as business owners and as people, but this is specifically talking about employee reviews here. So I want you to collaboratively set specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, or SMART, which is the acronym, goals for the upcoming year. So again, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So these goals should align with the employee's role and the business's objectives. So you wanna be able to sit down in another six months and be able to objectively say that an employee met or did not meet a goal. So it's black and white, right? There's no room for emotion or hurt feelings. So for example, a goal could be to sell three birthday parties a week for a six-month time period. Or it could be to place orders by 9 a.m. every Wednesday if that employee has an issue with tardiness so that the orders can be delivered on time for the weekend parties, again, for a given time period. Let's say maybe you're going to check in with each other in three weeks. Or it could be showing up on time 90% of the time for the next three months. Again, you don't necessarily need to wait for the next review period to check in. You can set smaller incremental goals along the way. All right, tip number nine, encourage employee input. So allow the employee to share their perspective, concerns, and ideas. Create a dialogue to foster open communication, which is something I've talked about so many times on this podcast. And specifically, as I discussed back in episode 217, one question that I love to ask my current employees is, if you were to leave or seek a new job, what do you think the reason might be? So again, this is a hypothetical question. You're not saying, oh, hey, are you looking for another job? But again, this is just a way to start a conversation. And this helps identify what that employee values most, and it helps you as the owner discern what will keep them motivated and keep them on your team. So for example, if they say, oh, you know, if I were to search for another job, it would probably be to find better pay. You may want to come up with a raise structure they're happy with that, coincides with their SMART goals, and if they achieve them. And same thing if they say that they would want more hours. This gives you the opportunity to ask if they'd like to cross-train in new areas of the business or maybe learn new skills so that you can give them more hours so they make the amount that they need to. And maybe this can lead to a new event idea they have or a new class that they would like to lead. Again, as small business owners, we can't just give employees unlimited hours just because they ask. These employees need to be generating revenue while they're on the clock. So if they have any ideas in how they can give themselves more hours by coming up with these revenue-generating ideas, be open to listening to that. Now, if these employees say things like more flexibility or less drama among staff or less interaction with customers, right? If these are the reasons, they might look for a different job. And trust me, I've heard it all. But all of these responses allow you to better understand what motivates your team and what you might be able to do to help keep them satisfied with their job and, of course, identify any issues that might be going on. All right, tip number 10, always document the discussion. So take detailed notes during the review, recording key points, agreements, and action items. And you can even record this with consent if that's going to be helpful for you. If you really want to stay fully engaged and present during the discussion, record the interview and then upload it to AI or a website that can transcribe the conversation or make bulleted points or a summary of the conversation because this documentation will be so useful for future reference. All right, tip number 11, discuss career development. So if it's applicable, discuss opportunities for career growth within your indoor playground or ways the employee can expand their skills. So for example, if they're in high school and they plan to go into marketing or social media as a career path, try and identify opportunities for them to help you with your social media and your marketing while adding to their skill set and resume. So this could be a win-win scenario. Or if your employee plans to go into teaching, maybe they would be a great class or event leader or camp assistant. Or perhaps your team member is a stay-at-home mom and she wants to eventually get a well-paying, full-time job with benefits when her kids are a little bit older, maybe when they're in school full-time. Maybe she would be a great fit for manager training so she can be set up for success when she does begin applying for more full-time roles. And in episode 109 with HR expert Michelle Dillinger, we discussed on this podcast how you can increase employee happiness and retention by maybe instead of offering a raise, offering educational credits. And annual reviews are a great time to ask if there's anything in mind. So for example, maybe there's an Instagram course that the employee thinks would really help them grow your following and your sales. Again, revenue-generating activities. Or maybe there's a local business development event coming up for local business owners and your employee would love to go and represent you and learn about the latest and greatest from your local chamber of commerce. Of course, your ability to provide these credits will depend a lot on your size, budget, and goals, but... This is something I've seen become discussed a lot more, especially among younger employees. As I discussed in a YouTube video I did with my first ever employee who happens to be an amazing Gen Zer, her name is Caitlin, I will link to that video, but she mentioned that as a Gen Zer, she is very interested in these educational credit opportunities to grow and expand her knowledge, even more so sometimes than getting a raise because it has a greater long-term benefit. All right, tip number 12, provide a summary. So summarize key discussion points, including performance highlights, areas for improvement, and agreed upon goals. And again, there are very inexpensive artificial intelligence or AI options to help you get this done. So if you're like, gosh, Michelle, you know, it's hard enough to make time in my schedule to set up these reviews. Again, as long as you have consent, record the call, upload it to Chat GPT, or I use Searchy for this and have it provide a transcription and a summary and bullet points. You can even put little chapters in the conversation. So right now when I do a Play Cafe Academy or Playmaker Society group call, usually they're like 60 to 90 minutes long, and it can take me forever to provide a summary. However, now I just simply upload it to Searchy, and it gives me immediately timestamps and summaries. So for example, from five to seven minutes, we talked about, SBA loans from seven minutes to 12 minutes. We talked about summer camps from 12 to 15 minutes. We talked about hiring interns, right? AI is here to help you and save you so much time. So if you need to lean on it, do it. All right, tip number 13, discuss compensation and benefits. So again, if relevant, address any changes in compensation, benefits, or policies for the upcoming year. So everyone feels looped in. If this isn't their first review and you had a compensation increase structure or they had goals that they were supposed to achieve and they did, come prepared to discuss a pay increase during this conversation. Don't make them wait again. And if you can't afford it, consider performance-based incentives, which is something we talk about all the time in Playmaker Society, and it's something I teach in my courses. So, for example, a $10 bonus every time they book a party or sign up a new recurring member. Something that moves your primary revenue streams forward and also keeps them feeling motivated and and excited but still protects you, right? You're only paying them extra if they generate extra revenue. And, you know, sometimes $10 can feel like such a small drop in the bucket. But for hourly employees... Let's say they work 10 hours a week and they book even just one birthday party. That's an extra dollar an hour for every single hour that they worked. Again, if they work 10 hours a week. So this can really add up significantly over time. All right, tip number 14, encourage questions. So I keep mentioning open lines of communication. So invite the employee to ask questions or seek clarification on any points discussed during the review and make sure they understand what their goals are and make sure they feel set up for success in terms of actually achieving them. Tip number 15, follow up. So after the review, send a written summary of the discussion to the employee and request their acknowledgement by having them sign the summary. This really helps ensure clarity and accountability and it helps protect you if anything comes up down the line. So let's say, for example, they're consistently not meeting their goals, whether that's showing up on time, not calling in sick a certain number of times per month, or whatever their goals are that you lined out. If they're consistently not meeting their goals and you need to let them go or fire them and they file for unemployment or something like that and you're a you know, state where you need to fire somebody for cause or else they have the right to unemployment, having all of this documentation really helps you, again, if any of those issues come up down the line. All right, number 16, monitor progress. So regularly check in with employees throughout the year, not just during their review periods, to provide support, assess progress towards goals, and make any necessary adjustments. So, you know, let's say you do reviews every six months. You don't want to wait until the six months is over for the employee to say, yeah, I didn't meet my goals, but here's why. You know, I didn't have the right training or I didn't work enough hours per week or I didn't feel like this goal was fair. You don't want to wait until six months pass to hear this feedback. You want to be able to make those tweaks and improvements and adjustments as time goes on so that they do feel like they can meet their goals by the time the next review comes around. All right, number 17, maintain confidentiality. So, of course, again, this should go without saying, but keep all review discussions confidential to really build trust with your employees. You don't want anyone saying, you know, oh, I heard so and so got this at their review or so and so, you know, it's their third month not meeting their goals. You know, of course, you want to discuss this stuff if you have a manager, but try to, you know, leave out any other employees from your conversations. Try to keep it specific to that employee's performance. All right, number 18, provide training and resources. So if employees need additional training or resources to meet their goals, as I mentioned, make sure you make arrangements to provide them or set up a plan. Number 19, be fair and consistent. So always ensure that you conduct reviews for all employees. And as I alluded to earlier, maintain consistency In your evaluation and feedback process and then finally number 20 continuously improve so after completing all reviews reflect on the process and look for ways that you can improve for the following year and not just in your review process but how you can improve as an owner and of course if there were any common trends or any consistent areas where employees lacked in confidence or had complaints consider that your review as a boss or owner so look critically at that and come up with a plan of action to improve in those areas and keep your team informed about what you plan to do and the progress that you make as you implement this will again make your team feel heard and valued and prove that your year-end reviews weren't just, you know, a box you were checking on your to-do list show that these reviews reviews served a purpose and were productive And not just for them to set goals to achieve, but for you to do the same thing alongside them. And honestly, that's the beauty of being a small business owner sometimes. Lots of times we're learning and growing and innovating right alongside our team. Because sometimes you gotta learn as you go as an owner. And as long as you maintain transparency and keep communication open between you and your team and actually take their suggestions to heart, It can be really cool to show that, you know, we as owners don't know it all. We're open to learning and taking feedback, and we want to involve our team in the process. We want them to feel invested in the business, so we should be making them feel like they are a truly integral part of not just our team, but of our business as a whole, because they are for small businesses. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope it was a really, co- a really practical way for you to start scheduling your year-end employee reviews. And if you want these 20 tips to reference later, I linked a blog post for this episode if you need kind of a quick reference guide. And as always, if you found this episode or any of these tips helpful, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. I appreciate it so much and I'm so thankful for you. All right, I will see you right back here on Wednesday with a little Thanksgiving-themed episode for those who celebrate.